are in a strong, uh, we are stronger economically than we have been uh, in history. show continues and i'm here to tell you all about it i'm dave rubin this is the rubin report it's march 14th 2023 i've got a fresh short haircut we're live streaming on rumble youtube and locals and before we do anything else today yesterday we did our special 3 p.m show yesterday because i was at that diversity equity and inclusion event uh, up in west palm with Governor DeSantis, so we did a delayed show. And during the show, I referenced Yolanda Vega. And uh, several of you did not know who Yolanda Vega was, but Yolanda Vega was a huge television star. If you lived in the Tri-State area in the 80s, 90s, and even in the last 20 years, apparently, I'm told she just retired last year, she was the lottery woman. And people were going, Dave, who is this Yolanda Vega? And why do you say it like that? We put together a little compilation of Yolanda Vega's best moments. Enjoy. Welcome. Yes, I am Yolanda Vega. Thank everyone for the New York Lottery. I'm Yolanda Vega. Welcome to the New York Millennium Millions drawing being held live in Singapore by an order from KPMG. I'm Yolanda Vega. Now here's tonight's number, the first file. Good evening, I'm Yolanda Vega. Good evening, I'm Yolanda Vega. Oh, man, I'll have what she's having. What a what a life, Yolanda. I hope you enjoy retirement. A uh, little known fact about Yolanda Vega, she was the most controversial woman in America from the 80s uh, well into the mid-2000s. That's how good we used to have it. It was before all this woke BS. A woman like that would be controversial. Anyway, if you want to join us for the post-game show, as always, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, and real quick, speaking of locals, I don't know if you guys heard about this, but Scott Adams, you guys know Scott Adams. He's been on the show many times, uh, and he's a great thinker and author and creator of the Dilbert comic. Uh, he got into some hot water over some comments that he said that were completely misconstrued. I'm not even going to get into the details of that. But Dilbert, which has been in virtually every newspaper in America as a comic strip for the last, I don't know, three decades at least, something like that, it basically has been absolutely canceled everywhere and he's moving the entire thing uh, to locals. So not only did we get Crowder last week on Rumble, we've got Scott on Locals and we got Russell Brand and we really are building those pipes and uh, I'm feeling good about that. Uh, I'm also feeling good, and this is what the show's about today, about the crop of Republicans who are starting to get into the mix. There's gonna be some tussling. There's gonna be some back and forth, but we are going to see a really solid, interesting and politically diverse group of people going for that Republican nomination. Of course, that will be to the backdrop of all of the insanity that we're dealing with right now, whether it's the woke stuff or this craziness now with bank bailouts or where the economy is gonna be in a year, et cetera, et cetera. But people are starting to get involved. They're starting to uh, announce that they're gonna get into the fray. And uh, there are a couple people who we suspect will announce who haven't quite gotten in yet. Uh, but all of the, the energy seems to be focused on one guy who has not got in yet. He happens to be the guy I was with yesterday morning, uh, the governor of the free state of Florida, Ron DeSantis. And we're gonna contrast a bunch of the political positions of some of the other people running. Obviously you got Trump, now you have Vivek Ramaswamy, you have Nikki Haley, couple other people. It sounds like Pence is about to jump in. Uh, and uh, we're gonna compare and contrast some of their views 
and really talk about who can actually bring new voters in because that's what it's about, right? Like the Republicans did not win last time. Trump says it was, it was fixed, but whether it was fixed or not, he, we sort of know what he can do. The question is who can actually bring in new people and get us to this new political realignment that I think is just staring us in the face and actually could get us out of all of this madness. That is the plan today. And before we get to it, let me talk to you about balance of nature real quick. You know, nothing is more fundamental than the fact that fruits and vegetables are good for you. Did you know that? But eating all the fruits and vegetables you need can be time consuming and expensive. That's why I take balance of nature. It gives me a foundation of nutrition and the positive effects of a wide variety of fruits and vegetables in just a few seconds. See why hundreds of thousands of people take balance of nature every day, get 35% off your first preferred order when you use discount code Dave. That's 35% off your first preferred order when you use discount code Dave. And now back to me, that was a short one. All right, so when we talk about these crossover people, what you guys know I'm always focused on is the decent libs, because there are decent libs. They're not in the Democrat party that's in Washington, D.C. They're all lunatic progressives or scared of their own shadow or will fold quicker than a wet paper bag types. But your aunt who thinks that these are the Democrats of 1986, right? Like there are these people who maybe can move. A lot of them seem to have this aversion to Trump, no matter what, right? Like I could maybe vote for a Republican, but I can't vote for Trump. Now I may think that's unjust and I gladly voted for Trump and there's a situation in which I might vote for him again, depending on how it all shakes out. But the group of people who I think are most likely to move are the disaffected libs, right? That's probably many of you guys, and many of you, I think, have probably shifted accordingly, right? Everyone in the room that I'm in right now is a, is a first-time uh, Republican registered voter here in the free state of Florida. Well, one of those people, I talk about him every now and again, uh, is Bill Maher. And Bill, as much as I try to push and pull and prod, every time he takes two steps forward, he unfortunately seems to take three steps backwards. Uh, here he is on Real Time a couple days ago talking about DeSantis, and, and I think he is just missing the freaking point. Disagree with that. First of all, everything I hear about DeSantis is that he's dull. He doesn't have any charisma. And also, I think, I think liberals, they just, they, they make a real effort not to understand the Trump voter. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, DeSantis is gonna be great because he's, it's Trumpism without Trump. And I think they're like, why would we want a tribute band? <laughs> when the actual band yeah. is still playing. Bill, 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 I'm gonna keep working on you and I'm gonna text you after the show to, so you know that this isn't going after you personally. I just wanna get you there. But a couple things. Uh, first off, this thing about DeSantis being dull. I mean, I've, I've hung out with him a bunch and been to events with him and had a drink with him multiple times and smoked cigars with him. I don't even like smoking cigars. He's totally a decent guy. He's a fun guy. He's a cool dude. He's a normal human being. That's the weird thing of him being involved in politics, right? He's got a couple kids. He's got a wonderful wife. Like, he's a decent guy. He's a policy wonk for sure. And is he the most television game show ready president we've ever had? Probably not. But we had that with Trump. And I don't think you guys like Trump that often. And more importantly than any of that, look what the guy gets done. He took away Disney's special privileges. He did the quote unquote, don't say gay thing. I actually said the word gay to him yesterday. He did not uh, attack me, punch me, or have his goons remove me. We're getting child mutilation, genital mutilation out of 
our entire state. Like they're gonna take away people's doctor's licenses on this stuff. He's not gonna force people to be masked. We were the first to fight mandates on, on all the vaccine nonsense. Uh, we have family first tax relief right near here. Uh, we have a huge, huge budget surplus. We had a absolutely massive, basically category five storm crush uh, Southwest Florida, and we have rebuilt faster than would be completely imaginable. So Marr is wrong. He's wrong about his character. He's wrong about the presentation. Uh, but he's right in that the Trump without Trump argument is shallow in some sense. It is. I think what most people on the right are beginning to realize is actually the opposite of that, that DeSantis is Trump, meaning he has some of the same ideas, except he's much more of a threat because he can get things done and unfortunately, that's why Marr fears him. Marr, I suspect, because Marr does not want to, and, the, and the, the last libs, many of them, the public ones, the last thing they want to do is at the end go, all right, but I do have to vote for a Republican. So they'd rather, they'd rather the nominee be Trump. That, that is what you're going to see over the next year. You're going to see MSNBC even pushing Trump in a weird way because they know that if it's Trump, then it's very easy to be like, the Republicans are all nuts. I didn't vote for Donald Trump last time. Donald Trump is evil. He's orange, Hitler, blah, blah, blah. Where DeSantis, it's going to be much more nuanced. DeSantis, all DeSantis is going to have to do basically is get up on the debate stage all the time and be like, look how many people moved into our state and look how many people left California. We set every record related to tourism. We have all-time low crime, all-time low unemployment, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have to get involved in all of that stuff, and he doesn't have to be a game show host. So the policy positions, in many ways, are, are a sharper version of Trump stuff, but they're getting executed, and they're incredibly popular at the moment. And this is all to the backdrop of the guy has not announced and I tried in my own very subtle way yesterday when we were sitting down to get a little hint, but I did not get it. But you can see everybody, whether it's MSNBC or Trump, is attacking DeSantis right now. So that tells you where the energy is. Here is a video. Trump put this up yesterday going after DeSantis. And again, I like Trump. I want to interview him again. I like the kids. But listen to this and tell me the nicknames and the nonsensical argument he's making here. Does any of this make any sense to you? And do you think this is Trump at his best? For those of you that didn't notice, Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis got there. People are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out-of-control crime. It's really bad. Not because of the governor. Thank you, Mr. President, for doing that. But it's not because of the governor. Florida was doing fantastically. You had a governor named Rick Scott who did a very good job. Even Charlie Crist, a Democrat, did a good job, and he had very good numbers. Sunshine and ocean are very alluring. It's not too hard to work with those factors. So just remember, Florida was doing really well long before Ron DeSantis got there. There's so much here. I'm so tired of this nonsense. It's like, let me just say first off, Trump, again, I like you. I like you. So if you want to really do this, you just have to level up. But this is just a whole load of nonsense. First off, Ron de Sanctis. Do you know what Sanctis means in Latin? It means holy. Okay, so I think you uh, failed with that one, Trump. And sanctimonious didn't work. And okay, the nickname thing, it's just not going to work because the guy's getting stuff done. It works when you can sort of needle people on these things. It's just not working on that front. Uh, he's talking about Charlie Crist there. Charlie Crist just lost by 20 points in the biggest political 
destruction really in modern, well, certainly in modern times in Florida, but really almost across the country, like blown away. Charlie Crist was also a Republican. Trump is referencing him as governor. He was governor, what was it, like 15 years ago? Uh, he was a Republican at the time. So Trump is suddenly into rhinos or Democrats because Charlie Crist became a Democrat. Uh, also, uh, Ron DeSantis, he did do something right which is why all the people are moving here and we still get 1,200 people a day. And AOC and Eric Swalwell and Don Lemon are vacationing in Florida while they spend all day long on TV bashing Florida, right? So it's just very, very bizarre. And I just don't think it works. If you wanna beat the guy, you have to say, these are why my policies are better. But I think one of the things that Trump is coming up against is the fact that DeSantis is actually at the state level, doing many of the things that Trump either said he was gonna do or promised to do and, and just hasn't been able to do really because he's not in office right now. So here's, uh, is this, we're going with Trump first? Yeah. So here is Trump calling for the immediate defunding of critical race theory, uh, all the trans stuff and sexualization in schools. Does this sound kind of familiar? Was there some guy in a rather warm state having something to do with alligators who did a little bit of that? Take a look. I will immediately sign a new executive order to cut federal funding for any school that's pushing critical race theory, transgender insanity. and any other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content on our children, their children. Okay, so first off, the good part. That's great to hear, and he is a candidate, and you want as many good candidates pushing the right ideas. So cutting funding for schools that are promoting racial essentialism, that are pushing sexuality and all of this other nonsense on kids, great. Uh, but he's going after DeSantis relentlessly now, the guy who is literally doing it here in Florida. He has been the tip of the spear on this stuff. Also, you know, Trump could have campaigned on these type of things from 2015 to 2020, right? He could have, he could have now grant him a, a leash on the 2015 thing because it was sort of early on in the wokeness and everyone was kind of figuring it out, but he really wasn't running on it in the last campaign. DeSantis saw it very clearly and saw also really how it was connected uh, to so many of the broader issues in society. And he has gone out of his way now with a Republican supermajority in Florida to get rid of all of this stuff. When Trump's saying we want to get the racial stuff out of the schools, what he's talking about is DeSantis getting rid of the African-American AP studies course, as you guys know about, that they stuck woke gender theory in, right? So there you go. Uh, but if you don't believe me, Dave, what are you talking about really? Would you play a video of DeSantis saying he's done those things and will continue to do those things? Okay, fine, here you go. These are not private institutions, they're public institutions, and we have the right uh, who are elected and who are putting people in positions uh, to make sure that those institutions are serving a mission uh, that is consistent with the state's best interests. And so as this has become a problem, uh, I asked to get more information about it. Uh, we got them reporting how much money they're spending on it. We introduced legislation uh, to remedy that, and we will be the first state in these United States to wipe out DEI at our public universities. 
Yeah, and we're actually gonna do it. You wanna throw up the image? I, I took this picture yesterday. This is at the event that DeSantis held. This was a huge uh, digital event, really cool studio that they have over there in West Palm. Uh, and you can see some of the academics around him. Uh, he has thought leaders and academics. He goes around the guy. Ha he has a couple notes in front of him, but he really does a fine job of hosting a two-hour event. They skyped in a bunch of people, including uh, including Chris Rufo, who you guys know, and they go through how literally how they are going to ban diversity, equity, inclusion in our schools and our institutions here. So Trump is right. Of course, what Trump said is right. We, he, Trump says he wants to do it by executive action. Now, I don't love executive actions, whether they come from Republicans or Democrats, but if an executive order, if they are going to exist, I'm actually okay with the president doing it to make sure that children aren't you know, sexualized by their teachers and the rest of that stuff. But the point is we are doing it in the functional way here. That's why I've been saying for months, when, when the machine really moves on DeSantis, and you've seen the articles on this already, what they're going to say is he's Trump with the calculator, uh, he's Hitler with the calculator, right? Because Trump was Hitler, but this guy, he can do it because he's actually, he actually studies the stuff and he knows exactly what's going on. I'll tell you, we did this little sit down with the governor for about 20 minutes, about, there were about five of us, uh, just an off the record sit down. So it was off the record, I can't tell you anything that was said, not that it, not, that it was really anything that shouldn't be said publicly. Uh, but one of the things that always impresses me about him is you ask this guy about a random city somewhere or district, school district somewhere in Florida, he knows virtually everyone on the school boards and the superintendents, like he really knows his stuff. He is a student of this, he's a policy wonk, as I said, uh, that's the thing that Bill Maher is going, oh, he's. He's kind of stiff and, and you know, he's not uh, television ready, something like that. And it's like, well, maybe we're ready for that. Maybe with the group of people that we have in front of us and Biden with dementia and the, the endless clown car of diversity hires that this administration has put out there to lie about everything. Maybe we kind of want a guy who maybe isn't the life of the party. And I'm not even saying he isn't. He's totally cool dude, basically. Uh, but maybe we want someone that's just competent. Anyway, uh, here is Trump announcing that he will defund any school that mandates uh, vaccines or masks, which I'm fairly certain we've also done here in the state of Florida. I will not give one penny to any school that has a vaccine mandate or a mask mandate from kindergarten through college. All right, well, that's uh, great. Again, this is good Trump. This is great. That's what we all want. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, un unfortunately, I suppose maybe he could have done more or not given Fauci the leash that he gave or whatever, but we don't need to play uh, Monday morning quarterback on that. Uh, but here's Governor DeSantis in October of 22 in the midst of the cleanup of Hurricane Ian talking about how we were gonna make vaccine mandates and masks and everything, all the other nonsense related to this illegal right here in Florida. I also just want to say before um, uh, before I leave that you know there's been a lot of questions uh, to our office about uh, the CDC protect, uh, potentially adding COVID vaccine to the childhood immunization schedule, and I know a lot of parents are concerned about that because if that's on the immunization schedule, the fear is that schools could potentially mandate your child to get a COVID shot even if that's not something that you want to do. So I just want to let everyone be clear, you know, as long as I'm around and as long as I'm kicking and screaming, uh, there will be no COVID shot mandates for your kids. That is your decision. 
to be clear in that speech that he was giving right there, we had already done that here in Florida. He was reiterating what had been done in Florida. So again, Trump is repeating a lot of the things that DeSantis has done. That's just fine, right? I, I wouldn't mind if you have 10 candidates, right? And everybody's looking at the guy who's actually doing all the stuff. Boy, that guy's doing a heck of a job over there. I do want to run for president too. And maybe I think I'm better for this reason, that reason, the other reason. I'm a better debater. I'm this, I'm that. I have a different idea on this. But if everyone starts emulating all of the good stuff, that is good. That is how you get an actually, uh, I would say, dense collection of candidates that it will be worth listening to. Just try to go back to the last set of Democrats that we had up there and you're listening to Pete Buttigieg and Eric Swalwell and Elizabeth Warren. Like it was such a thin group of not smart people up there. And, and we had to pretend that any of these people were going to be president. And then the DNC just did their little trick. And then they, you know, just push Biden out there. Everyone cuts their deals. Pete says, Hey, can I be transportation secretary? If I drop out, they're like, you got it, man. I mean, that's, that is what they do. That politics is a dirty game. It just is what it is. Uh, here's more from DeSantis here. He is calling out Trump's white house after they lost it. Basically when he was opening up Florida during the pandemic. Yeah, that happened. The, the, White, the White House task force was hammering me for like the first, like really like three months because they wanted me to be, uh, you know, clamping down harder. And, um, and, and, she, you know, so, and she, she was, so I, so I called, I was like, Deborah, just tell me when in American history, model has this been done and what were the results? Because like, I kind of feel like, you know, we're flying blind here and we may be doing things that could be damaging. And then she said, she's like, you know, it's kind of our own science experiment that we're doing in real time. And that didn't sit well with me. No. I mean, you know, you're a citizen of a republic. You're not a guinea pig. And so uh, what I think that that there's a whole bunch of other things I talk about in the book. You remember the um, George Floyd riots, yeah, when yeah, the yeah. epidemiologist, yeah. because people were saying, You've been telling people to you have in. to stay in your home. And like in Florida, they were killing us because even in those early days, you know, when we were following federal guidelines loosely, but we were following some, we were playing golf. I mean, the villages, they're, sure. they're setting record for golf. People are boating, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. They were so mad at Florida for doing that. People on the beach, all this stuff. That was their position. You are killing people if you leave your house. So then all these people are like thousands of people are protesting. This public health, this public health, uh, a clan of people, they are sick. I'm sorry, is that guy not friendly enough for you? Is he not a good enough communicator for you or whatever else uh, you might be thinking? Like, actually, that's the type of person I would want in the office, someone who can actually communicate the ideas clearly and cogently and competently and stand up for the right things. What a great line. You're a citizen of a republic, not a guinea pig. Now, the Deborah he's referring to there, obviously, is Deborah Burks, who Trump let in charge of a lot of this. And in essence, they were saying, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Just follow our guidelines. So look, to Trump's credit, he did at times go out of his way to say to the states, do what you think is best, right? And that's what federalism's all about. That's what limited government's all about. That's what the president is supposed to do. But as DeSantis is laying out there, then they had, you know, the agents, basically Burks and Fauci, you know, very upset and Trump ultimately very upset that Florida was opening up too quickly. There's also that video, we've played it a couple of times where uh, Trump was angry that Georgia was opening up quickly. So these, these are just facts. And the reason I'm showing them, showing them to you is I think there's a competency level here that needs to be really seen. I, I think you guys see it, but it needs to be seen more so because he's getting things done. And in the back in the day, Republicans did not get anything done. You may remember this video from a couple weeks ago. This is on CNBC. This is Mike Pence, former VP Mike Pence, 
going after DeSantis because he beat Disney. He apparently doesn't think that the government should do anything to take away special privileges and special rights and tax exemption. Uh, he just wants the government to kind of do nothing, which sort of sounds a little more, dare I say, uh, rhino-ish, the guy who was picked by Trump to be the VP. So we, I, I fully support what Florida did about protecting kids under the third grade. But I, I, I have concerns right. about I mean, the follow-on. Look, Disney stepped into right. the fray. They lost. Um, but then they, but they the became idea of going became after their taxing authority, right. I, you know, I... That was that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. Interesting. This is why people don't like Republicans. Don't you get that, uh, Pence? Don't you get that? Going after their tax authority? Where does it say that Disney, a giant corporation that makes cartoons, should have their own tax authority? It doesn't say it anywhere until Florida gave it to them, you know, 50, 60 years ago, whatever it is. All DeSantis did was take it away. He took it away. So every organization and company and corporation will play by the same rules and have the same tax rules and everything else. For some reason, SeaWorld and Gator World, they had to play by the rules everyone else had to play by. Disney didn't. And then Pence looks at evening out the playing field, equality, right? Making it equal for everybody. Pence sees that, doing that, as a use of government that is too big for him. I'm a limited government Republican, so I wanna get the government out of the way so we can privilege certain companies and punish other companies. It actually makes no sense, but that's what the Republicans have been selling you for a long time. What do I always say? You don't have to be a, a Democrat. You can't be a Democrat. Wait, what do I always say? You. You don't have to be a Republican, but you can't be a Democrat. My argument on that is I'm not telling you the Republicans are all amazing. They certainly aren't, and they will usually fail you. But maybe you get a once in a generation type guy with the right ideas who can get this stuff out. And then it starts exposing the frauds. And I would say in this case, Pence is, I will interview Pence, I hope. I will treat him with respect and everything else. And I will ask him about just that. How can you say your limited government if what you mean by that is you are going to allow for certain government privileges for certain organizations. And just to be clear on all of this stuff, whether you agree with DeSantis all, on all of this, whether you think Trump would affect, do all this stuff more effectively, the simple truth is Trump lost the last election and DeSantis destroyed his opponent here in Florida. Uh, if you remember, in 2018, DeSantis won by 30 thousand votes. Andrew Gillum was the Democrat at the time. It turned out that the guy was a meth addict caught at an orgy just a few weeks, I think, or maybe two months after the election. And DeSantis only won by 30,000 votes in 2018. Now you can give Trump some credit for that. Trump did back DeSantis. So again, I'm not here sitting here to bash Trump as if he doesn't do anything good. That's, that's not what I'm doing at all, actually. I'll give Trump credit for helping DeSantis get over the line. But the policy, the, the point is that after winning by 30,000 votes in 2018, then we get this insane COVID lunacy, the lockdowns, all of the stuff. And then what happens? Florida becomes the freest state in the union and probably the freest place literally in the entire world. And you know what happens? He goes from winning by 30,000 votes to 1.5 million dollar votes. Uh, uh, 1.5 million votes. Mathematically, he basically 50 x his popularity. That is pretty 
freaking powerful, as is this new ad that I thought really just nailed it. We find ourselves in Florida on the front lines in the battle for freedom. Together, we have made Florida the nation's most desired destination, and we have produced historic results. But now's not the time to rest on our laurels. We have the opportunity and indeed the responsibility to swing for the fences so that we can ensure Florida remains number one. Don't worry about the chattering class. Ignore all the background noise. Keep the compass set to true north. We will stand strong. We will hold the line. We won't back down. And I can promise you this, you ain't seen nothing yet. Thank you all. God bless you. America that you want to live in? Isn't that the America we used to live in? I, I am truly not trying to sit here and do a DeSantis commercial. But sometimes when you get a guy who's doing it right, who gets the messaging, who understands what the issues are, who has the pedigree as a lawyer and from the Navy and has surrounded himself with the right people, maybe this is the chance to get out of the thing. I, I think that might be what this really is all about this next election. Is this the last chance we have to get out of the lunacy? And, and maybe you can make the argument that Trump is the best guy to get us out of the lunacy. I'm fairly certain you can make the argument that DeSantis is the best guy to get us out of the lunacy. And someone will obviously try to make the argument that, that um, Nikki Haley is the best person or Vivek. I'm actually gonna sit down with Nikki Haley. We're doing that later this week, right? Uh, we're doing that tomorrow. I'm gonna sit down with, with Nikki Haley and we will talk about all of these issues. I'm gonna try to sit down in person with all of the candidates, and again, treat them all equally, not hiding my opinions. You know, the funny thing about mainstream media, you know, Chuck Todd pretends he has no opinions, yet it's obvious, Jake Tapper, et cetera, et cetera. I will try to do these interviews in a, in a far more honest way. Again, I am not a journalist. I am just some guy with some thoughts. And you watch me express those thoughts, and I'll sit down with these people, and then you'll make up your mind, and it's all good. And if at the end of the day, you watching this right now come to a different conclusion than me, Okay, we're good, freedom, it's pretty sweet. So what is the mainstream media focused on right now? Well, they are focused on taking out DeSantis. It is very obvious. Note, you say, well, who's the threat? Who's the threat? Why is no one going after Trump anymore? Because they don't view him as the threat. Trump views DeSantis as the threat, so Trump's going after DeSantis, and everyone on the left is going after DeSantis, and even the sliver of sane lefties that shouldn't be going after DeSantis, like Mar, they're going after him. But on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC, Joy Reid, and as you guys know, Joy Reid is a very well-paid racist crazy person. Uh, here she is completely lying. So this is a complete lie. They talk to you about misinformation and disinformation. They want us to be banned and silenced and visibility filtered and the rest of it. Here's Joy Reid completely falsely claiming that Republicans want to prevent black history and the existence of gays. What does it say about our society that for one of our two major political parties, the salient issue for them is stopping students from learning black history and from even discussing the existence of gay people? They, they have decided that is the most important issue in the country, more than the economy, more than anything else. It's stopping kids from learning those two things. 
All right, so that's Ibram Kendi. We don't even need to listen to his nonsensical answer, but she knows she's lying. And what you must understand is that MSNBC and the executives there and anyone that puts her on television, they know she's lying too. So you have to know that they put her on television to lie. If anyone at MSNBC had a shred of journalistic integrity, they would sit her down and say, actually, Joy, you joyless Joy, Joy, it turns out they, they're not trying to stop anyone from learning black history in Florida. It's actually mandated by the state. God, repeating myself, it's like, you guys know, one AP class that had something to do with gender queer studies that was gonna be incorporated into African-American history. That's what this was about. And that, that he doesn't want the existence of gay people to be known. You know, it was funny yesterday, so I'm sitting, again, we have this little six of us or so, five of us and the governor sitting there and we're all getting to ask him questions and we're talking. And I started asking him a couple questions and he, he full, full on didn't see me. He, he erased my existence. I was like, Gov, Gov, can you see me over here, dude? It's so silly. It's just so absolutely ridiculous. He actually asked me how the kids are doing. So that, that's where we're at with these people. They are just completely, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, and speaking of completely, absolutely ridiculous, on the major league channel that NBC owns, because MSNBC is the JV league for the crazy people and, and the lunatics and the people who've been caught doing bad things, they throw them over there. The major channel is NBC and Chuck Todd hosts Meet the Press. Meet the Press used to be great. T uh, Tim Russert was just absolutely wonderful back in the day. For those of you that remember him, Chuck Todd is a, is a partisan hack who's, who's oh, he's just terrible. Uh, anyway, here he is accusing DeSantis of politicization because we're gonna spend a day, a year in Florida schools teaching about communism, and I guess he's all about communism. Weird, huh? The question, I don't know if DeSantis is gonna be talking to swing voters. Here's like one of the things he said in Vegas yesterday. Take a listen to this. We're also the first state in the country to establish every November 10th, the day in our schools is earmarked to teach our students at all grade levels about the evils of communist regimes throughout history. We're gonna tell the truth about Marxism and Leninism. Hey, Miami. Mm -hmm. hey, hey, you know, Jonathan, it, it's sort of like, look, uh, being a Floridian, I sort of know what, what, he's, <laughs> so trying he's, to, what there, he's trying yeah. to play there and all of that. But I would tell him, I went to Florida public schools, you yeah. know, we, we were taught this, it was called history. Mm. Right. It just seems like a weird politicizing, you know, he's going out of his way to politicize something. But First off, if Chuck Todd is a Floridian, leave. I mean it, Anna Navarro, leave. All, why do you people live here? Why do you vacation here if it is so evil? And they're coming after the gays and they're coming after the blacks. Why would you live in such a place other than you know that everything you say is a complete lie? Why? Also, why? this makes literally no sense. Why would you be upset? that it would be mandated that we would uh, learn, that young people would learn that communism and Marxism and socialism are bad, unless you're a communist or a Marxist or a socialist. Uh, we did a little research here. According to the introduction of the Black Book of Communism, the number of people killed by communist governments is almost 100 million people, about 94 million people. These statistics include uh, victims whose deaths were through executions, man-made hunger, famine, war, deportations, and forced labor. So for some reason, Chuck Todd is upset that people in Florida will know about that. That is quite curious. But let's continue with the lies because the entire machine is focused on DeSantis and lying about every single thing that is happening down here in Florida. 
So diversity hire, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she is our first black lesbian press secretary. She is completely unqualified. She makes Jen Psaki look talented, which that is a talent in and of itself. Uh, here she is lying about what DeSantis is doing with kids and parents. Shocker, I know, videotape. So can you respond to Governor Ron DeSantis in Iowa today who said Florida is where woke goes to die? So here's what I have to say. When Republicans, extreme Republicans, these MAGA Republicans, uh, don't agree um, with an issue or with policy, they don't bring forth something that's going to either have a, a good faith conversation, they go to this conversation of woke. But that is not actually policy. That what, they, what that turns into is hate. What it turns into is despicable policy. Um, and it's just not the way we're going to move forward. This is not protecting freedoms. This is not having a good faith conversation on how we can move the country forward. This is about attacking, we're talking about attacking young kids and their parents because of how they view themselves. Attacking young kids and their parents. No one, it's simply not happening. You, Corinne Jean-Pierre, could come to Florida, you probably vacation on Miami Beach like the rest of the Democrats, and no one will care about you or your lesbian wife. They might point at you and go, my God, that's Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's a pretty terrible press secretary, but nobody's gonna stop you from going anywhere because you're black or because you're a lesbian. It's just utter nonsense. And that she dare says that she's the one that wants to have good faith, the Democrats, yes, the Democrats want to have good faith conversations. And that when you say woke, it doesn't translate into good policy. Yes, it does. We're doing it right here. That's why even liberals, bananas, California liberals are moving to Florida, 1,200 a day. And is it not, Corinne Jean-Pierre, the Biden Department of Justice that was trying to treat parents as domestic terrorists when they got upset that random school teachers were talking to their kids about sexuality and gender and their genitals. Yeah, that's what the Biden administration was doing. Uh, wasn't it the Biden administration that forced parents and kids to take a fake vaccine and get booster shots and put on masks and kick them out of schools and everything else? And now we are seeing all the results of that, whether it is vaccine injuries or whether it is delayed speech with kids or social problems or anxiety or whatever else. Yeah, I think you know I'm right, Corinne Jean-Pierre. I'm just trying to have a good faith argument with you. But it continues, it continues, Joe Biden, and Joe Biden has no idea what he's saying. He is not in charge of this operation. Uh, he is completely inept. Uh, he is the perfect vessel. That's what I would call Joe Biden at this point. He is a vessel for this stupidity and this backwards Marxist lunacy because he doesn't know what he's doing. And he's been in government forever. And his wife has a special place in hell because she is abusing this man and refuses. Remember the video the other day? We would never have a cognitive test. We would never do that. Like she is, this is elderly abuse with this guy. Uh, but here's Biden calling out Florida. He doesn't like Florida either because we are going to stop doctors from giving young children uh, sex uh, uh, hormone blockers and we're not gonna chop off their genitals. In the old days, most of us were against genital mutilation. But <laughs> here we are in modern times, enjoy. Transgender kids is a really harder thing. What's going on in Florida? is, as my mother would say, close to sinful. I mean, it's just terrible what they're doing. 
it's not like, you know, a kid wakes up one morning and says, you know, I decided I want to become a man or I want to become a woman or I want to change. I mean, what, what, what are they thinking about here? They're human beings. They love, they have feelings, they have inclinations that are, I mean, it, it just to me is, I don't know, it, it's cruel. And the way we do it is we make sure we pass legislation like we passed on same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're going to be held accountable. Yeah, sorry, you old buffoon. We have something called federalism, and the states are allowed to make whatever laws they don't like. And then if the citizens don't like those laws, they can leave the states. But you don't get to make some sort of law that's going to override the state when it comes to genital mutilation. Biden, also, he looks horrible. Like, this thing is just breaking down right in front of us. And he simply has no idea what he's talking about. You know, when he says that it all, this is what they do with everything. It all kind of sounds right. Kids don't just wake up and say, I feel like a man today or I feel like a girl or whatever. Uh, that does sort of sound right, except it's wrong because we know there is a social contagion element to this thing, right? We know this for a fact when they're staring all day long at sex change operations and boys who are girls and girls who are boys and boys with boobs and chicks with dicks and all of the stuff, right? When they do see that all day long on TikTok, we know now there's a social contagion element to it. Uh, Abigail Schreier, what, what was Abigail Schreier's book? It's a, uh, it's a fantastic book. Uh, Irreversible Damage, thank you. She wrote a fantastic book about this. We should have her on again. That young girls in particular are susceptible to the, the social contagion portion of this. Meaning they start seeing these videos and then they go, you know, I'm not the girliest girl ever. And actually I like blue more than I like pink. I must be a boy. Or what they do, the other social contagion element of, of this is, they will take a feminine boy a, 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 you know, I don't even like that phrase, but a boy who maybe isn't into just cars and, and transformers and war and whatever. Yeah, maybe he likes art or something else. And now they will basically say to him, you are actually a girl. So it's odd because they're the ones who are actually more into gender stereotypes. But the guy has absolutely no, what he's talk, no idea what he's talking about. By the way, the interviewer there was Cal Penn who I guess was a comedian at one time. Give me his number. What was his movie? He did Harold and Kumar, went to White Castle, right? Somehow he's interviewing Joe Biden. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but here he is asking Biden about climate change. Listen to the way he phrases this question. And what do I always say? You scratch a progressive, you find an authoritarian. You, you obviously understand the existential threat that, that young people feel when it comes to climate. Sure. How do you balance that with the immediate concerns of babysitting Congress or getting 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 51 or 60 votes on some of this? Well, look, um, I've been relatively, I'll be careful here. Sure. Yeah. I've been relatively <laughs> successful right. in working across the aisle. There is a MAGA Republican portion of the party. It makes up about a third of the Republican Party. But there's a lot of people in the Republican Party who are traditional Republic, conservative Republicans that you can deal with. But, you know, uh, these, you know, the gentle woman from the state of Georgia and the mountains up there and others, Gates and uh, uh, anyway. That's very diplomatic. I would have used different language. But, but, but I, no, but, yeah, but it's, it's, it's a, there's an existential question that the Republican Party is going to have to face and it's going to determine what happens in the next couple of years. But my focus is just stay focused, focused on the things that matter. We've got to deal with the climate. We've got.
on the things that matter. What have they done to that man's forehead? What is going on up here that they have lifted him so many times he's starting to not look human? But they all, right, they all end up this way. Pelosi ends up this way. They all end up this way for some reason. Okay, fine, let's put that aside for a second. Um, the existential threat young people face about climate. Do you guys uh, know any, uh, you guys are relatively young in your 20s. Are your friends freaking out over climate? Everyone, everyone okay? You're out to dinner, people are talking about other things, and oh my God, the climate. Again, if you think for one second that Joe Biden or the Democrats or any human on earth can stop the climate from doing whatever the hell it wants to do, I'd like to have your head examined. We should study you. There's, it's just not a thing. I am not worried about climate change. We can try to have green energy for all sorts of purposes because we want cleaner air and we want cleaner water. That's an interesting thing to do. If you think this government can bring you that, but even the way he phrases the question, I mean, what a hack this kid is, right? This Cal Penn. It's like the existential, you people have created a situation where young people were locked in their houses, where they were forced on TikTok all day, where they put masks on their faces, where they were told that if they're white, they're bad, and if they're boys, they're mean, and blah, 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 blah. And now kids have some anxiety. And you're also like AOC telling us that the earth is gonna end in seven years, but that was about two years ago. And if you think the earth is gonna end in five years again, it's like, man, we gotta look at you people and see what's what. So these people are, they're just, it's all just endless buffoonery. You guys see it and you must in your own way increase that visibility for more people. It's all just ridiculous. But what's not ridiculous? Actually, there's a guy over there on Fox News who's doing some fine work and the system doesn't seem to like him either. And of course, I'm talking about Tucker Carlson. The system has really been trying to destroy him. We played the video yesterday where Eric Swalwell basically wants to use the power of the government to force Fox to fire him and make sure that our troops overseas can't even watch Fox. I mean, these people are completely out of control. Please show me where this is happening on the other side. Please, I'll gladly cover it, but it ain't. It just ain't. Well, one of the good things that Tucker did was he sent out a letter to many of the people that he believes are gonna run for president, whether it was uh, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Vivek Ramaswamy, et cetera, et cetera. He sent out a letter asking what their policy on Ukraine would be. He wants to, and this is what I mean about a good crop of people who might have slightly different opinions or, or wildly different opinions when it comes to all sorts of things, Ukraine being one of them. We seem to endlessly be going into this war. Where are the Democrats that used to be anti-war? They've all been silenced. Why isn't AOC picketing every day? Where's Ilhan Omar out there against the war? Because the Democrats have become the party of power, the party of war. So Tucker sent out this letter to a bunch of the 2B potential candidates asking them their policies, a questionnaire on Ukraine. I want to read a couple of the responses because I think this shows a nice political diversity. Uh, here's former President Donald Trump answering the Ukraine questionnaire. Like inflation and numerous other self-inflicted wounds and mistakes made over the past two years, Russia would definitely have not raided and attacked Ukraine if I was your president. In fact, for our four years, they didn't attack, nor did they have any intention of doing so as long as I was in charge. That's a completely, you can come back to me for a second, that is a completely true and clear and cogent answer by Trump. Ukraine, what did they do? Russia invaded Ukraine under uh, Barack Obama before Trump, right? That's, uh, we all know that. Nothing happened under Trump. We had no wars. He was trying to scale back things. This is a major place where Trump can get some credit and, and show, hey, I did the right things. Uh, as you know, they took Crimea under Obama, right? Is what it is. Okay, uh, let's go to Mike Pence. Uh, here he is answering the UK, Ukraine questionnaire. 
like in, I'm sorry, uh, next one, Connor. Oh, sorry, it's right. Uh, sorry, go back to the previous one. Yeah, there, there we go. Uh, former VP Mike Pence answers our uh, Ukraine questionnaire. Is opposing Russia in Ukraine a vital American national strategic interest? That's the question. And here's Pence's answer. When the United States supports Ukraine in their fight against Putin, we follow the Reagan doctrine and we support those who fight our enemies on their shores so we will not have to fight them ourselves. There is no room for Putin apologists in the Republican Party. Now, this is super interesting. And this shows you why Tucker is doing good work. That is a huge, huge policy difference between Trump and Pence. Now, you can agree with either one of them. You can disagree with either one of them. But now we have some information. Trump is saying, and, and this is what he did, by leading through strength, and I wrote about this in, in Don't Burn This Book, I believe in a strong military so that we don't have to use it, right? Trump led by strength, so nobody knew what Trump was gonna do. So Russia, they took Crimea under Obama. Maybe they wanted this invasion under Trump, but they were like, boy, that guy's kind of nuts. Like, what, is he gonna drop a nuke on us? Like, we don't want that. So they didn't do anything. Now, Pence is taking a different approach. Pence is, is trying to connect his approach to Reagan and basically saying, by strong alliances, we will stop the bad guys from encroaching. That might be true. It might be, but we know that the thing that Trump did worked. So, okay, this is great. Now we have some, some contrasting views on foreign policy within the Republican pre, uh, presidential candidates. This is pretty good. Here's Vivek Ramaswamy on this. And Vivek is obviously not known for his foreign policy stuff. He's known mostly for financial markets and VCs and funding and uh, ESG and a bunch more. Uh, here we go. Uh, is opposing Russia and Ukraine a vital American national strategic interest? And Vivek says, no, it is not vital. Rather, this is a stark reminder of what is a vital American national strategic interest, national energy independence. This war is a symptom of America's lack of self-sufficiency. So this is also interesting. Vivek is answering this, saying this is not vital, but we have to be able to make sure that we are energy independent so we are not reliant on countries like Russia when they do these crazy things. Okay, so this is all good, guys. We are now seeing diverse political thought amongst these people. Uh, here is South Dakota Governor uh, Kirstie Noem. Uh, she says, the primary external threat to the United States is communist China. Our opposition to Russia has heightened this threat for a number of reasons. Okay, so that's interesting too. She doesn't fully comment on what's going on with Ukraine, I'm sure she has her reasons, uh, but she's aiming this more at China. And we do have a massive China problem that seemingly is always, uh, seemingly is going to get worse over the next couple of years. Uh, and just to be clear, a couple uh, GOP presidential hopefuls did not respond. That includes Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, Asa Hutchinson, Ambassador John Bolton, uh, and Governor Chris Sununu. So this is good stuff, but, I missed one guy there, didn't I? I missed that Ron DeSantis. And this is a, one of the things that people are trying to hit DeSantis on. Oh, you've been governor of Florida. You can handle the beaches and the sunshine and all that stuff. But what is your foreign policy chops? What are, what are your foreign policy beliefs? Well, here, Tucker, I'm going to let Tucker do it himself. Uh, he read Governor DeSantis's uh, full statement on Ukraine with some commentary. Take a look. And then maybe the most newsworthy response that we received was from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis has well-known views on many topics, of course, but until tonight, no one could really say with precision where he stood on the war in Ukraine, which is arguably the most important topic in the world. And now we know. 
DeSantis is adamantly opposed to the position that most Republicans in Washington have taken on Ukraine. DeSantis is not a neocon. Who knew? Quote, while the U.S. has many vital national interests, DeSantis writes, securing our borders, addressing the crisis of readiness within our military, achieving energy security and independence, and checking the economic, cultural, and military power of the Chinese Communist Party, becoming further entangled in a territorial dispute between Ukraine and Russia is not one of them. Without question, he writes, peace should be the objective. The U.S. should not provide assistance that could require the deployment of American troops or enable Ukraine to engage in offensive operations beyond its borders. F-16s and long-range missiles should therefore be off the table. These moves would risk explicitly drawing the United States into the conflict and drawing us closer to a hot war between the world's two largest nuclear powers. That risk is unacceptable. DeSantis goes on to oppose the policy of regime change in Moscow, which is very popular in Washington, and he points out that the Biden administration has created an alliance between Russia and China, and that's a disaster for the United States. So that's DeSantis's position, clarified. So before we get to the nitty gritty on DeSantis's position, what's most interesting about this is you have to understand Tucker Carlson is mostly an isolationist. I don't want to speak exactly for him, but but he's more along the lines of we should be caring about Americans. We should be caring about the heartland. We should be funding things so that people in America can prosper the most. That's 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 really, I would say, Tucker's uh, reason for being a, a public figure. That is what he cares about. That's what he's written about and talks about all the time. Uh, and what he's in essence saying, the reason he read that one the way he did is, hey, this guy is not a neocon. He doesn't want to get us in these crazy wars. What I also liked about DeSantis's commentary there, it was the most detailed do not give them certain weapons that could go on the offense. What, what have I been saying this entire time throughout the Ukraine war? Every week we give them more money, we give them more weapons, and, and you can see guys like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, well, this will help turn the tide of the war. This will do it. And it's like, no, it's not. Oh, we gave them four more tanks. They got a couple more planes, a little more cash that we don't know what they're doing with. None of this has ended the war. It has elongated the war. It has gotten us into a protracted conflict that nobody knows how it's going to end, except the crazy guy on the other side of the world does have the biggest bomb. And he has quite a few of them. And that is a problem. So DeSantis is trying to give a somewhat measured answer there. Now, you might like Trump's just sort of like completely blanket. They, I, uh, you know, I was thought of as crazy, so they weren't going to do anything under me. And that might be the best policy. But I think you, what you see here is some political diversity of thought. And that is good. And by the way, whether you like Trump or DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Vivek or whoever you like, or whether you like none of those people, the fact that this is happening now, this is really good because it's gonna make the media not know what to do about it. The Democrats clearly are going to be the party of war. This, this Democrat machine, the Biden machine, the money laundering that's going on in Ukraine and all that stuff, it cannot stop itself. So they're the party of war. So whoever ends up doing this on the Republican side will be more anti-war. And that I think ultimately is a good thing. So now let's get this thing full circle to where we started with the show. We started with Bill Maher, right? And Bill Maher basically was saying, well, you know, DeSantis is just going to be a retread of Trump and who wants that retread? Except the thing is, he has done the things that have caused the place where he governs to flourish. And you may remember this, we've played it a couple times, but I thought it was uh, worth bearing repeating on today's show, which I will send to Bill myself. Even Bill has admitted, I got him to admit it. I can put a little feather in my cap on this one. Even Bill Maher has admitted 
that there is a way he himself would move to the scary red state of Florida, and it's because of the lunacy of California and big government and Gavin Newsom and Democrat policies. If California yeah. says, I have to take shots, and DeSantis says, I don't, hello, Florida. That's what I'll say about DeSantis. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He really is. And he doesn't care but, whether you smoke weed, and he doesn't care who you marry. Just He doesn't. But to sound like the uh, voiceover at a movie that's coming out soon, shit just got real. <laughs> but like for me, yeah. personally, really, yeah. shit just got real with that. Yeah. And that, that's in it. my mind. Dude, I left this right. place because of it. And I don't want to leave, the, leave this place. That's, it would be very hard. I'm 66 years old. I, I, I know I look 40. No. Look amazing. The hair seems thicker than Stop it was a year, it. a couple of years oh, ago. Dave, I don't know what you're doing over your there. But, um, dude, it was not e but it's not easy for anyone, right? I'm playing that clip again is because it sounds like Mars is going to go the other way, right? Like, so trust me, in, in Mars' mind, he wants, he wants Trump to be the nominee because it will make it very easy for him to say, I'm still the liberal and I, the Republicans are all bananas. DeSantis really complicates this for a lot of people. That's why the machine is going nuts because the good liberals realize that freedom actually matters. Classical liberalism, I used to talk about it quite often, is, is the most freedom-based ideology that there is. And if you are a classical liberal, meaning you believe in old school individual rights, you believe in laissez-faire economics, you believe that people should make choices for themselves and associate with the people who they want to associate with, and you believe in limited government and all of those notions, well, then in essence, you are a moderate Republican right now. And I believe that is what most of us are. So DeSantis is the threat to the people on the fringes because he's the one that can bring this stuff together. I sense it could be a Reagan, you know, 1984 kind of situation, but we shall see. I enjoyed today's program. You will all have lunch and then be sent off to live your lives. That's what we shall do today. Uh, but if you want to join us for the post-game show coming up in uh, under 60 seconds, you can join us at rubenreport.locals.com. Part one of my interview, it's, it's blowing up on the computer machine uh, with Russell Brand is up on YouTube and Rumble. It's up, of course, the full thing ad-free over on Locals. Uh, and since we, we hit Corinne Jean-Pierre pretty hard today, uh, here's her predecessor, Jen Psaki, with a cold close, and then I'll see you in the post-game in just a couple minutes, and we'll see everybody else tomorrow. I have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. I don't have any information on it in front of me, but I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey, to which I'm happy to circle back with you. I'm happy to circle back with our team on that specific report. I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but uh, we will circle back with you if there's more to, to update you on, on that. But we'll circle back with you on this today. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back with you. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. So I can circle back with our COVID team and see if we have more specifics. I'll have to check on that specific piece and we'll, we'll circle back with you directly. I can, I'll circle back if there's more. I can share with you. Um, I often note I'm going to circle back. I hate to disappoint conservative Twitter, but I am going to circle back on a number of things, as we often do directly. I will venture to do that and circle back with you directly. Thank you, everyone. Happy Friday.
Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.